1: another edition of Wizards Half. This is mini episode 67.5. These are the episodes where we get into all the nitty gritty details we didn't have time for on the main episode. And we've had uh, quite a few episodes since 67. That's right. Over the holidays we brought you a couple of bonus episodes featuring Toy Fair. Oh, you guys love Toy Fair. People have been asking about it since the beginning. When are you going to do it? Well, we did it. That's right. The first two Toy Fair specials from Winter 96 and Spring 1998 And that's not all. Yes, we got a reunion together. A few of the staffers who were on the original team that put Toy Fair together reunited to tell their stories of how it all came together. So if you haven't checked that out on our podcast feed or our YouTube channel, make sure that you do. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. They really had a a lot of affection for each other and the work that they did. Uh, Of course, uh, episode 67 was nothing to sneeze at either. Steven was back with his buddy Richie and how about some of those stories, huh? I mean, the guardian of the Iron Man armor from the first MCU film? I mean, that was an experience. How about getting all the details on growing up and being gifted a Toy Biz prototype? Huh? Like, Richie has lived an amazing life, continuing to have the best fun a geek can have, so you just love to see it. Now, I have a lot to get into here, but I did just want to give you a heads up that after this episode drops, then we will be finally bringing you... Our Jim Lee Tribute Special Edition Zoom event. Yes, you will get to hear all the talk about Jim Lee and Wildstorm from that group of people who joined us to celebrate the man. Oh, wow. I mean, the influence and the reach that guy had in bringing in new comics fans, huh? All right, but before we do all that, why don't we get into Caps Kookie Contests? First up, Image Comics presents the Mess It Up Contest. Hellshock is back on track with a new ongoing series from Image Comics. So to celebrate, creator Jay Lee cleaned out his basement. And look at what he found. A wad of original art. Ooh, this sounds promising. So it says here, wanna win it? Sure you do. Well, the cover of the new Hellshock number one is pictured here. All you gotta do to get a shot at the loot is deface it. That's right. Cut it out and deface it. Go on and make it ugly. Make it pretty. Whatever. We don't care just mess it up. If you don't want to rip up your mag, you can make a photocopy. We're not fussy. The most creative defacements will win. And what goodies you could win! Grand prize one lucky winner will get a whole box of Jay Lee artwork pictured over there on the left hand page. It includes cool illustrations, sketches, published pages, drawings, and even pages that never saw print. Over a hundred comic art originals from Jay Lee. Second prize one winner will get an original Hellshock sketch signed by Jay Lee. Third prize 10 winners will each get get the complete set of the original Hellshock miniseries, all four issues, autographed by Jay Lee, and a Hellshock t-shirt. Well, that ain't bad. Says this month's contest is sponsored by Jay Lee and Image Comics, and we think they're darn generous. So I will say that recently I found the last issue I was missing from that original miniseries. I had picked them up a while ago, discussed them on a mini episode, which I don't know if it made that much more sense. Uh, <laughs> but let's read now the legal shock. You know, because usually they say legal sch- lock this one shock anyway contest is open to anyone except employees of wizard press image comics their immediate families stanley jim lee lee majors the general lee the levi's corporation and any other lees we missed <laughs> and if you think that's funny you'll really enjoy a segment in the upcoming jim lee tribute special which was part of that magazine all right second one here offer void where prohibited regulated or restricted by law in a manner inconsistent with the purposes and rules hereof speaking of levi's anybody remembers that old animated Levi's commercial? The Kledian warlord has long admired the fit of your Levi's jeans. Can't say that I do, guys. That must have been a 70s commercial? Very early 80s commercial? Yeah, not one that rings a bell for me. Next up here is the Starman Contest. It's Starman Month at DC Comics, a 30-day celebration of the critically acclaimed superhero story brought to you every month by writer James Robinson and artists Tony Harris and Wade Von Graubadger. Rob Badger. That's a good one. Right now, Starman number 29, a 32-page book with no interior ads that provides the perfect jumping-on point for new readers is hitting the shelves. And if you give it a read and find out what's going on, you just might be able to walk off with a load of Starman swag. Oh yeah? Like how? Just like you, Jack Knight, the alter ego of DC Comics Starman, is a collector. He's a collector who sells some of his acquisitions in his Knight's Past Collectibles store. But the store could use a little renovation, so send in a drawing for what you think the exterior of Night's Pass should look like. Best entries win. Grand prize? One reader will receive a complete DC Comics Starman retail products package, including two trade paperbacks, a Starman poster, an incredibly cool Starman Zodiac watch, Starman t-shirt, Starman Henley shirt, and Starman badge. As if this outfitting wasn't complete enough, the grand prize winner will also receive a copy of the old Origin recapping Starman number zero, this piece of Tony Harris Starman original art, and an original autographed and sketched James Robinson's Starman script. Oh, well, that's pretty good. I will say the number one item here, for at least the people that we've shared things with online, is the Starman Zodiac watch, because there were people online when we posted about that, the junk drawer section of Wizard where that was being shown off, they are like, I've been looking for that for decades, it doesn't exist, no one has it, you know, so. Super Starman fans couldn't get their hands on it. Now, second prize, 20 readers will receive a copy of Starman Zero, the new Starman number 29, and the Starman Knight and day trade paperback. Special thanks to the Starry-Eyed fellows at DC Comics and Tony, Wade, and James, who provided this loot. Alright, let's check out here what we got in the old, what do they call this legal text? Legal stargazing. Okay. Contest is open to anyone except employees of Wizard Press, DC Comics, their immediate families, or anybody who liked that crappy John Carpenter Starman flick. Bah. All aliens should crave human flesh and blow up stuff. Well, he kind of blew up stuff. He had those discs that glue. Uh, is glue... The past tense of glow? Glowed? I don't know. <laughs> My English teacher in high school would be very upset with me. All right, here we go. Offer void, where prohibited, regulated, or restricted by law in a manner inconsistent with the purposes and rules hereof. So what did the Zen philosopher say to the hot dog vendor? Make me one of everything. Ha! Jeez, I love that one. These classics never go out of style. The last contest here is Flir Skybox presents the X-Men Tattoo Contest. The new X-Men Car- Card set with temporary tattoos hits stores this month, and your pals at Fleer Skybox, them's the guys making the set, and Wizard, that be us, want you to own it before any of your crummy friends. All you've got to do is to take a picture of yourself and your tattoo and mail it in. Now hold on, we ain't saying you got to go out and get a real tattoo, in fact, we hardly encourage the temporary kind. So send in them pics, and randomly selected winners will get these permanent prizes. Grand Prize One lucky winner will get a complete set of Fleer Skybox X Men cards, an additional box of Fleer Skybox X-Men cards for more temporary tattoo madness, and an uncut sheet from the set. I don't understand. Oh, it's a set. Okay, I was like, you're just giving them two boxes? I was a little confused there. Uh, Second prize, five lucky winners will each get a complete set of Fleer Skybox X-Men cards. Third prize, five winners will each get a full display box of Fleer Skybox X-Men cards. So what is the difference there? Because they said you get an additional box but it's not a display box? It's just have something that pops up that's a little more fancy Fancy? Hmm. All right. This month's contest is sponsored by Fleer Skybox International. They ain't afraid of needles. <laughs> but they kind of are because they're doing temporary tattoos, not permanent tattoos. All right. Contest is open to anyone except employees of Wizard Press, Fleer Skybox International, and their immediate families. Chris Blair of Seymour, Indiana is especially invited to participate. Huh? So again, they said that Jim McLaughlin puts these together. He must know a guy from Indiana who has an X-Men tattoo. To. That's all I could think. So they don't have the second joke in its normal spot. They just say Jim McLaughlin, king of the tattoo-less wussbags of the Northeast, need not apply. <laughs> so I guess Jim McLaughlin was poking a little bit of fun at himself. Not cool enough to have a tattoo, eh? And wouldn't you know it, they crammed one more contest in here, Spider Baby Graphics presents the Tyrant Contest. All dinophiles out there should know that Tyrant, Steve Bissett's critically acclaimed series about the life of a Tyrannosaurus Rex, is the best researched comic around. Steve does tons of research to make sure every last detail about his dinos is right, and now you can get a piece of amazing, detailed dinosaur art. How? Easy. We just want you to draw a dinosaur version of your favorite superhero. Maybe a bat dino, or a spider dino, go nuts, and use any medium you wish because winners will be chosen based on quality and creativity and what winners they will be with these prehistoric prizes. Now one thing I do want to say about that is I did recently see at Walmart some type of Spider-Man dinosaur. I don't know if it was like Devil Dinosaur who got turned into a spider dinosaur or what but I was like this must be based on some random comic I've never seen but it cracked me up. So grand prizes yeah five. Five readers will each receive an amazing Stephen Busset that original sketch of their favorite dinosaur. That's a pretty sweet deal, actually. Second prize, 20 readers will receive a Steven Bissett autographed copy of Tyrant Number 1 and a Steven Bissett autographed copy of the Gold Edition Tyrant Number 3. Now, it does feel like forever ago that we talked about Tyrant. We have mentioned it, I think, even in our interview with Tom Palmer. He told us how awesome that was, but yeah, it's kind of crazy that they're bringing it up now. I had no idea it lasted this long. Uh, now, it does say this contest is sponsored by Spider Baby Graphics, the car Artisaurs of comics. Speaking of Carnosaur, do you guys remember which movie trailer was featured on the Carnosaur VHS? Oh yes, it was the Roger Corbin Fantastic Four. That was Steven's number one rental (laughs) back in the day. Alright, here we go. Okay, now we're going to take a look at the legal era. Contest is open to anyone except employees of Wizard Press, Spider Baby Graphics, and their immediate families, or anyone who thought the Lost World was actually a work worthy of Michael Crichton. Ooh, throwing a little shade on the Lost World. I wonder if the talk about the book or the movie at this point 97 i mean yeah the movie must have come out by then but all right here we go offer void where prohibited regulated or restricted by law in a manner inconsistent with the purposes and rules hereof anyone who is unfamiliar with tyrant should at this point proceed to the nearest comic store and pick up a copy it's a damn good book different but very very good I don't know if that's ever a good way to sell it. Well, it's different, but it's still good. Mm, I don't know if you guys are selling me on that. But hey, there you go. Anybody out there win this Tyrant Contest? You still got your original Stephen Bissett dinosaur art? I mean, I can't wait to just see who the winner is when they show us this, you know, mashup of dinosaur and superhero. But speaking of superheroes, Michael is back once again for the mini-episode to talk casting call. That's right. This issue had a very interesting casting call. So let's get... Get into it. All right, so here we are with a casting call segment. You know, we had so much fun last time talking about the Flash casting call. Michael and I decided, hey, let's get back together. Let's talk about one of his favorite books that he was reading around this time. Legion, the Legion of Superheroes. That is a a massive cast.
0: It's like an Avengers level cast. (laughs) There's so many characters and the Legionnaires are so huge and it's so interesting. I'm going to be a little critical of this list because... I, I want to see what they thought, and especially for certain characters, I need to know why they thought these certain things. So let's let's dive right into this and see where we're at here. So first off, we have Cosmic Boy, and they listed Jeremy London from Mallrats as Cosmic Boy. What? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> Why do they think this? I
1: don't understand. So let's talk about this first. So in Mallrats, what what did you think of him just in general in that movie?
0: He's just generic pretty boy. Yeah. So
1: what what about Cosmic Boy uh, says he doesn't work? What's Cosmic Boy's deal? He's kind of the leader. Like he is there
0: dick grayson if you will like he mm-hmm. is the guy that sort of commands the team and and they have like the trinity so in the legion they have cosmic boy saturn girl and and Livewire are kind of like the main three heroes and everybody sort of bowls underneath them so so, so what about this to-
1: then as an alternate casting i think i'm just i immediately go to party of five at this time so either yes. matthew fox or scott wolf who would you put in there i think scott wolf
0: so, I would do Scott Wolf for him and I would do Fox for Livewire. Like, that would be dynamic.
1: I would be like, yes, you, they're together. You are going to kick <laughs> their choice, Leonardo DiCaprio for Livewire to the curb for Matthew Fox.
0: So, I'll tell you why. I will tell you why. When we get there, I would have put DiCaprio as Monel.
1: Ooh! Wow! Look at all these plans you have. Okay. Now, what about for Saturn Girl? They're saying Marnie Patterson from Something So Right. I have no idea what that movie. Is. I
0: have no idea who this girl is. I have no clue. Like, why? I
1: yeah yeah They just needed um, a new blonde actress to pull out of the air Melissa section. Joan Hart. That would be good, or, Melissa uh, Joan Hart. You're right. Yeah, I think that's perfect because she's got like know? like uh, you say. They're like the leaders of the team, and so she she's someone who's always in charge, right? She knows what's going on 100 so
0: absolutely so next up we have ultra boy and this is so ironic that they chose jared leto for ultra boy and i think it's just because of the hair in this picture that they have here
1: i see I, steven it, dorf in this guy uh, yes Dorf's yeah, last casting call i was like this guy looks like he's got steven Dorff written all over him
0: yes steven Dorff might be a little bit too old but i could see that yes for sure now to stick a step down we have spark who is live Wire's sister and uh, they chose claire danes And and they looked at as Romeo and Juliet, as opposed to you know my so-called life, which is more of her fame than Romeo and
1: Juliet. I don't know. I I mean, Claire Danes is pretty much good in anything, but for what you know, is she Claire Danes doesn't like strike me as someone who's like really like super superhero, like like emotional in her stuff, like super like forthright. She's kind of more like "Uh, I don't know, I'm kind of too cool for this, or I'm a little. If I had to say,
0: I would say like kerry russell from felicity Ooh, that'd be great
1: In now for braniac 5 you know they decided to grab from the old sequest dsb or the it miniseries from the 90s or the never-ending story part 2 <laughs> come on we're talking about jonathan brandis of course ladybugs is jonathan brandis <laughs> i'm good with this i'm good with this <laughs> I kicks, Jonathan Brandis. yeah I made like every kicks. Jonathan Brandis movie. He was he was ubiquitous. <laughs> he was just everything. <laughs> he was
0: everything, and I loved him in Sequest. Not gonna lie, Sequest uh, was fantastic. We'll give you that one, wizard. Yeah. So this is a deep cut here. Like this is not a very popular or even mainstream. Legionnaire is Andromeda. So they have cast future. Chuck's sister, Sarah Lancaster, and they have it listed in Save by the Bell the College Years.
1: You didn't watch Save by the Bell the College Years? She was I one of the did. roommates.
0: I did, but I did not connect that she was one of the roommates until just now. <laughs> she that's was so, basically but,
1: the Jesse replacement on Save Other so College weird. years. Yeah. Because
0: literally I only know her from Chuck. That's it. That's all I could ever <laughs> equate her from. It's so such a throwaway legionnaire that I'm fine with it. It could stay, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I like you know her what as else an actress. She was,
1: in, she was on an episode or two of Briscoe County Junior. I think she was actually in the pilot. Uh yeah. So anyway. <laughs> she has Brisco County Junior.
0: I was more of the like Parker Lewis can't lose kind of guy. <laughs> oh, I love that show. <laughs> so next up we have is element lad and for this they have brad renfro sure okay he's all, he's cool I, I like brad Renfro. he's fine he like he's in that uh the client and a bunch of other like serious movies element lad is kind of a, a unique sort of character because he's like this lone survivor kind of like superman-ish you know of a destroyed world and oh. so on and so forth and, and brad renfro plays these like serious almost goth-ish characters so yeah. I'm, I'm cool with element Lad. i'm fine with that
1: all right now for xs uh you know we were talking about it in, in a recent episode we were talking about clueless and what if they were reading comics and clueless and how that would have put comics on the map all the more so in the mid 90s so they wanted stacy dash from clueless who i i think that's fantastic because i loved her i always wanted her to be in more things in the 90s she's not she in good. enough she was so good
0: yeah. in that movie and she's not in enough i i agree with uh, this casting this is a really good casting. Now we're on to my second favorite Legionnaire, and I mentioned him earlier was l and uh, my favorite is is Saturn Girl, and
1: the casting that they have for him is Chris. Who is this guy? Demetral from Dream On, which was that HBO series, right? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I don't know, I don't know this guy at all. No way. This is what
0: this is where you put DiCaprio. Like this is their Superman. Like he is a Daxamite. He has similar powers to Superman. He has like a vulnerability to lead and like all kinds of different weird reverse Superman issues and stuff like that. But it's such a cool character. And, uh, that's what you put DiCaprio, in my opinion. Well, so, and uh, speaking
1: of which, so, we had already, like, s- shouted out a role for this actor for the next character, which is the Invisible Kid, and they wanted Scott Wolf to play the Invisible Kid, and I'm like, you know what? Just a few years later, we're gonna get an Invisible Kid in Mystery Men, so let's just uh, get Cal in here a few years earlier, you know? Yes! <laughs> play the Invisible Kid. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm good with that. I am good with
1: also, that. Also, I am sure that if you went to Blockbuster in the 90s there had to have been a straight to video low budget kids film called the invisible kid probably two to be. or three sequels that that has to exist somewhere absolutely
0: <laughs> without a doubt for sure are you kidding me so next they have is the chameleon and i'm actually good with this tv's will wheaton
1: will wheaton <laughs>
0: And, you know, Will Wheaton's another actor that's just not in enough stuff. Like, he's got this role in Star Trek, then he reappears in Big Bang, Big Bang Theory. Theory. and like, done his but
1: movies. He... But, like, from what I understand, that's all by choice. Like, he didn't really even want to be an actor. Like, I've yeah. interviews with him. He's just like, it wasn't my thing. I kind of got pushed into it. But uh, he, did, he always is good. That is true. Uh, now for triad which is a really interesting character the few issues of legion that i read and i was just like legionnaires i was like triad this is kind of a cool character uh they wanted an actress named kathleen robertson for beverly hills 90210 this must have been like from the last season of beverly Yeah, hills, she's the like
0: least she, she is like the least on-screen time of 90210 <laughs> but she is good and i do like her and and triad's another character that's gone through a lot of like revisions and changing of names and you know, there's been a lot of different versions of her character. Was she a
1: triplicate, it's... Lass originally? Yes. Yes, exactly.
0: I don't know if Triad is much better, but, you know, it is what it is. So I'm I'm okay with this. It's, again, not a hugely popular or well-known character. I really do like the character a lot, so I'm fine with whoever. And she's a decent actress from what I remember in 90210. Now, the next one is Shrinking Violet, and they suggested Natalie Portman. And here's the funny thing about that. I feel like at this time... Natalie Portman wouldn't take a superhero role, if you ask me. Would she be great in it? Sure. But I don't know if she's the right casting for this. Like, you want to think of somebody that could also be a little bit mousy. And I just picture... Natalie Portman, like in *Leon*, the professional, just hardcore and tough and and cool and everything else.
1: Although in *V for Vendetta*, she kind of starts out mousy and then gets toughened up by V. So maybe we've seen maybe do it. Maybe
0: you know. And listen, Natalie Portman's a Long Island native. I <laughs> can't go wrong with that. So I will keep it as is. There may have been other people that could do the same thing.
1: Now, for the big guy here, Leviathan, they have again grabbed someone from the Saved by the Bell universe, but this is Saved by the Bell, the new class.
0: Uh, this is both. a guy named
1: Christian Oliver. I, I don't know who he is, but it sounds like a name that he went on to do more, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it's a name that sounds familiar, but here's the thing. Saved by the Bell, the new class was on like twice as long as the original series and went through like quadruple the amount of cast members. Like they had and, so- and horrendous students coming in it was crazy
0: yeah so the next one they have is magno boy and uh what they say he's a newbie legionnaire and i'm like yeah he's so like again a real throw there's so many other legionnaires they're gonna choose why they would choose magno boy i don't know and they have another 90210 cast member douglas emerson that's the guy that killed himself on 90210 i believe right
1: wait is it the the guy who shot himself yes the first season oh yes yes accidentally (laughs) don't play with guns and parents don't have loaded guns in the house that was the message of the uh (laughs) yes of the thing so yeah well that's kind of crazy to me yeah that they would they would pull him
0: so next up is inferno and again they grab another 90210 cast member jenny garth and you know what I'm okay with that. Sure. Fine. I'm cool with that. Jenny, Garth. I just don't think Jenny Garth could be badass enough. Like, I don't think she's just has that, like, the teeth to be like a crazy, raging inferno, if you ask me.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's got like that breathy voice, which just really right. doesn't work uh, that well, I don't think. So now for apparition we're getting back to party of five here they want future star of scream really at this time literally the star of scream uh <laughs> they wanted nev campbell so nev is apparition what do you think
0: i could see that because she is kind of breathy and like soft-spoken and yeah i could see that i'm good with that i would also even think of though she didn't have great success As a superhero, I think a Halle Berry would be really, really good as apparition. Just kind of like being in and out of things. I think she would be better suited for this than for Storm or for Catwoman or any of that stuff. Yeah. And it's a little bit earlier, so she would even be a little bit younger this time. I could see that it's a unique character because she's sort of like ghostly and has trouble holding like solid form at times it might be kind of interesting of a character now, now tell
1: be. us tell us your thoughts on their casting for Starboy because this guy just has a stigma I feel like associated with him with one role is all he ever had
0: well are you kidding me I think David festino is fantastic I, I love that guy <laughs> he's, he's literally he, his really only claim to fame is married with children right. but to give him a role in a movie even something as silly as Starboy at this time would be so cool there are later versions of star boy or star man that would be really interesting and hard to cast um when jeff johns did a run of the jsa he had star man come from the future and he was a legionnaire and he lost his legion ring and it made him sort of like manic and he he had to take special medications for like paranoid schizophrenia and really made the character super interesting and very, very cool, where up until that point was kind of a throwaway character. I would love to see the Jeff Johns version of the Legionnaire Starman because it's so manic and so unique in the way that he can uses powers but I couldn't think of who to cast at me so hard. But for this (laughs) one, I'll I'll go with Bud Bundy. I'm good with that. Fine. (laughs) Grandmaster B
1: baby. (laughs) All right. And then as speaking of married with children and married with children adjacent programming. For the final character, Kinetics, from the show Unhappily Ever After on the WB, which was created by the creator of "Marriage with Children, they want my biggest crush at this time. <laughs> I'm so excited to see her listed here. That is Nikki Cox.
0: Everybody loved her. So she funny.
1: It's was... so beautiful. And like, here's the thing. So in junior high, my friends and I were like all about Nikki Cox and uh, my friend got to go to a taping of... Unhappily ever after, and I was so mad that he didn't (laughs) invite me. Because like his little brother's friend was on the Dave's world. Do you remember that show? Oh, yeah. I remember Dave's world. He was the one of the younger sons on that show. And so he got them into like this anyway. So that he came back with an unhappily ever after shirt. He's like, I got to meet Nikki Cox. And I was like, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I I can't deny her. Put her in any role. But yes, kinetics with the big red hair looks like that would work just fine this was fun this was really fun i i enjoyed before we go michael is there one legionnaire they missed and who do you think you would cast yes there
0: was there was a couple um hold i'm thinking of now you got put me on the spot here i was gonna say
1: bouncing boy
0: yes that's what i was thinking bouncing boy right why was he not on there like that doesn't make any sense and you know who would be like a really good bouncing boy is the kid from heavyweights yeah the main character from heavyweights would be fantastic. I yeah. love that kid. that kid. And I think he'd awesome. be so good. Um, but yeah, bouncing boat was another really good one. I, I was like, I was so surprised they did not have that on there, but oh well, who knows?
1: <laughs> I know, and again, we could we could literally probably make an entire two-hour episode casting a Legion of Superheroes movie just, just going through the roster from over there. There's the years. so many.
0: Like, <laughs> I mean, you could even classify superboy, Supergirl, Supergirl, young Clark Kent, like there's so many people that have been a legionnaire at some point that it's just it's bonkers they have green lanterns that were legionnaires and so on and so forth it goes on forever it's crazy
1: all right well michael thanks for lending your expertise to this it was a fun conversation and hey let's get on to the next segment well we had a lot of superheroes to talk about in that casting call but i think there's also a few more heroes to talk about in the top 10 heroes and villains list Yeah, it looks like there's been a little bit of shake up here, except for kind of the main ones, because number one is Wolverine. And it says Cookie Man, how frightening would it be to be Logan's dentist? What the hell's he so happy about? First, they stripped him of his adamantium, baffling, since that's an integral part of what made him so cool. Second, they de-evolved his physical state to the point where his nose vanished, don't ask us why, and then they stuck him in the worst costume redesign since a certain webhead got cloned, bleached and devalued as a licensed character. If we were Wolvie, we'd track down who gave the okay to screw with us so bad and give him a five-toe enema. (laughs) Yeah, the art here is pretty wild, just got... It actually looks like it might be from the guy who drew the mask comics because the teeth look very much like they belong to the Stanley Ipkiss mask. But hey, who knows? Number two is Spawn. That's the meanest-looking, everlasting gobstopper we've ever seen. And for God's sake, what the hell flavor is it, ass? Wait, that's no impossibly sweet fist-sized fear of congealed sugar and dye. That's Spawn, the impossibly scabby Spawn-sized dynamo of a nigh-limitless demonic might. How could we ever confuse the two? One's the star of a monthly comic book with hundreds of thousands of readers, an HBO cartoon in the works and a live-action movie on the way, and the other is some weird superhero in a red-black spiky costume. I'm very confused. Did they... They not just say the same thing? Uh, it just sounds like they're both spawn they're describing. I don't get that joke. Sorry, wizard. Alright, next number three is Fairchild. Wrong! Fairchild smash! <laughs> Yeesh, if we still ran that hokey wizard's hunk and babe of the month thing where we picked a sexy comic chick and beefy comic guy, Caitlin Fairchild here wouldn't make the cut. At least not looking like that. Who allowed this shot of Fairchild? Usually one of the hottest redheads in comics to see print looking like she just got screwed going through the drive thru Come on, you take the babes out of Gen 13 and it's like, well, it's like a pro-wrestling ever since you couldn't use Russians as the bad guy wrestlers. It's kind of the same, but it, well, there's no uh Russians to boo at. Wait, I I think we got lost in the analogy. Next? All right, I do like the callback to the and uh, Babe of the Month feature, though. Oh, how I miss it. Or I should say, how I miss hearing Michael and Steven's wife read it, because <laughs> I didn't want to be associated with some of those comments. Anyway, number four, it's Dark Claw. Oop, looks like Dark Claw tried one of them giant spawn everlasting gobstoppers and discovered something that a lot of fans have found out. Old spawny guy can be pretty tough to swallow. That aside, how the hell did a character who only showed up a couple of times make it onto the list? Is it a sign that today's fans are bored with the classic characters that as older folk hold so near and dear to our heart? We'd like to think no. It's just that sub characters need updated tweaking, stronger editors, and more talented writers. Wow, they just got a, a whole bunch of criticism in this one, but let's check out Magneto, who, you know, he's got a lot of shadow in his helmet and you just see these two little cartoon whites of his eyes that says, um, Fritos, Kino, and uh, Super Nito. Hey, how many words can you rhyme with Magneto? Better yet, Let's play Follow the Convoluted History. Here it goes. Super villain extraordinaire Magneto gets turned into a baby. His genetic code is mucked with and then he's aged so he's a more powerful quasi-good guy. Becomes the leader of the new mutants. Goes nuts again. Attacks the X-Men. Gets turned into a vegetable by Professor X. Wakes up with amnesia and now is like 15 years younger? Don't ask us. And joins the X-Men. See? Should've just stuck to coming up with rhyming words. Ah, oh, poor Magneto. People still love him though. On number six is X-Man. Looks like... Little Nate here should have stopped at the 13th Triple Cheese Burrito. He's got like this green, like, I don't even know what you would say, vapor kind of coming out of his mouth It looks a little chunky. Those stains are never going to come out. Speaking of vomit, while Nate here is cool, he'd still be cool without being the alternate dimension younger version of the time-displaced cable. Come on, you big comic companies, give us more characters with original origins and attributes. Quit taking the easy way out with all this alternate dimension time travel crap. The same old, same old is getting pretty old. Oh, wizard, if you could see the state of the industry today. Hmm. Number seven is Rogue. Hello! Somebody fell out of the ugly tree and nailed every branch on the way down. And what's the deal with them giant boiled egg eyes? Yeah, this is definitely a Joe Mad Rogue, but she is very cartoony and strange-looking, got one eye closed, and ugh. Yeah. Man, we first get a fair child that looks like she should be lifting weights as part of some European Olympic team, and now we get Rogue that looks like the love child of Barbara Streisand Sand and Tiny Tim. And enough with that overblown accent. Dear lord, the next time we read the word sugar, somebody's catching a hockey stick in the windpipe. You know, the longer this list goes on, the surlier we get. Good thing we're in the home stretch. Number eight, coming up, it's Witchblade. Boy, we've seen people get them crusty, globby things in their eyes when they wake up in the morning, but that there crust is might unsightly. But hey, we'd grab a butter knife and chip that off if Sarah Pazzini here was our gal pal. Then again, if she were our gal pal, odds are heavy, weird, supernatural mafia types would show up. Dismember us, paint a threat to her in our blood on her bedroom wall, and nail our bits and pieces around the house. Quite the downside, but hey, she's a babe. We'd do it. She does look kind of scabby, if you don't know what that armor is supposed to be. Now, number nine is Husk. And they say Husk? Man, she pulled the short straw out of that superhero name choosing session. Yeah, I got Superman. Wee, oui, I got Thor. I uh, got Husk. Wanna trade? Sheesh, even her merchandising's gotta be tough. Think we'll see a Husk animated TV show? The Husk fully posable action figure? No, but the Husk Flaky Sores layered scabbing skincare products could be a gold mine. From there you could launch into trinket jewelry made from her dried-out flesh, a parchment paper made from her peeling back. Heck, we take it back she's pretty darn marketable oh man didn't they they had to have made a husk figure as part of generation x didn't they i don't know now finally number 10 is blink who Blink? First we get that barely-seen Dark Cloud guy showing up on these charts, and now we have an Age of Apocalypse character that, according to continuity, never existed? Man, what were we saying about this kind of character back in the X-Men write-up? The only thing is, well, Blink is cool. Really, really cool. So we don't care what it takes, but get this character into real continuity. Come on, Marvel, wake up and give us more Blink. Now, that is one thing that Marvel did deliver on. You better believe it. We had the Exiles comics, which I am so looking forward to actually covering on a mini-episode down the line support for wizards the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by manscaped the best in men's below the waist grooming their products are precision engineer tools for your family jewels manscaped's performance package 4.0 is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over 7 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for
0: you 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code wizards20 at manscaped.com if my math is correct That's about 14 million
1: balls. And speaking of balls, Michael, we're so excited to have Manscaped as a sponsor. And I will tell you, not only me, but my wife. As soon as I mentioned that Manscaped was coming on board as a sponsor, she got very interested in my balls. <laughs> I'm just telling you, we've been having conversations. She is so excited about where my personal grooming has gone. From all the time we've been married, she's like, I can't believe you're so hairy. Well, here, I'm trim and looking good just for you. But honestly, it is really important improved her interest in this guy <laughs> that's 100 true by the way as soon as i said manscaped she's like what is it i said it's for your balls she's like really you're gonna trim your balls i'm like
0: yes my
1: wife is like what are you gonna shave it into like a deep v or like i'm like i don't know bat symbol maybe who knows michael let me ask you this how has manscaped helped your confidence
0: actually it's really invigorated me like for personal grooming and I, i'm a little bit of i don't know. Preppy nerd. And, you know, I like to feel clean. When I got this product and I started using it, I feel great i really feel like a different person like you feel cleaner you feel more invigorated i really like it
1: well here's the thing geeks manscape sent us each the performance package 4.0 and it truly is a game changer like michael's telling us because inside this package you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer weed whacker era nose hair trimmer crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold your goodies so the lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and dare i say say the greatest ball trimmer ever?
0: You're not kidding. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower Mower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000 Kelvin LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. And because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to that mess on the bathroom floor.
1: Now, the Lawn 4.0 is great, but here's the thing. You want to take your grooving game to the next level. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. And here is the thing, Michael. I have not been kind to myself when it comes to trimming those nose hairs because I'm not trimming. I'm yanking. And man, it is, I'm tearing up. Montana (laughs) torture right there. (laughs) So the good news now is with the Weed Whacker, I can use it and it's just, it's a smooth experience. It's over and done with. I don't have to dread uh, cleaning out those nose hairs and the ear hairs too, because yep, as I'm getting older, they're growing out there too. So the weed whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes, even those self-imposed tugs. Ugh. <laughs>
0: Sounds like a personal problem there. (laughs) Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I tell you, fellas, from somebody who works in New York City and walks like six or seven miles a day, by the end of the day, I need that ball deodorant because it can be rough. Your balls will thank you. Trust me, from someone who's used it, it is fantastic. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts with their Performance Package 4.0. Manscaped games boxers and their shed travel bag bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and
1: free worldwide shipping with the code WIZARDS20. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WIZARDS20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code WIZARDS20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Now back to the show. All right, finally here. You waited for it, and it has arrived. It is our Mort of the Month. This month's Mort is... He sees far. That's it. This piece of ass He-Man action figure reject can see really, really far. That's it. We can't take writing about these hunk of ass characters anymore. This guy sucks. And whoever created him knew he sucked. Because as an afterthought, he gave him energy beams he could shoot out of his eyes. Bah! What makes it worse was that this guy, Peter Quinn, was born a mutant. That means he's got the lamest origin of all. He was born that way. To sum up and escape this mess, he's a Peter lorre Looking orange, light blue Marvel Comics mutant who can look at stuff that's way over there. <laughs> So I guess yeah, that doesn't quite qualify as cool. Definitely qualifies you as a Mort, though. So man, Peeper! I'm sure some of you X Men fans out there. I'm gonna assume that's where he showed up. I don't know what other comics. He uh, seems like he might be a Morlock or something. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, that is it for our top ten heroes and villains list. Uh, let's get into some more comics fun. Yes, we're gonna check out some comic book reviews with the Skinny. You're all skinny All right, so first up here is Green Lantern. And you know, we had Ron Mars on The Wizard Files a couple months back. And Steven was certainly excited about that. And Let's see if Wizard agreed with him that this was the best comic book of the 90s. All right, here we go. What you need to know. Hip commercial artist Kyle Rayner was given the last existing Green Lantern power ring after his predecessor, Hal Jordan, went rogue. The ring is considered the greatest weapon in the universe because it could do anything its wearer wills it to do. The good. First and foremost, Kyle Rayner is a great character. He's someone he can relate to, someone who tries his best and often makes mistakes. And it feels like the mistakes he makes are the same ones you'd make if you had been given the Green Lantern ring. Many of the problems he faces in his stories are normal everyday dilemmas, whether it's relationship woes or getting an art job in before deadlines you ultimately care about what's going to happen to Kyle. As a matter of fact, you're never bored when Kyle and girlfriend Donna Troy take up as much as half an issue just to talk about their relationship and where it's headed. And you're reminded that Kyle's fairly new at the superhero biz, which makes his triumphs and follies even more entertaining. Even though the ring is powerful, he still flinches when a tiger attacks him. Besides being light and fun, this book is pretty accessible to new readers, as there's usually a monthly recap of Kyle's powers and general information. Storylines are usually contained to only one issue, and the side plots are strong enough to keep you interested, but never overwhelm the story. The first page of every issue almost always draws you in with a fast, exciting opening. The bad. Kyle's insecurities, Green Lantern, can sometimes be too much. It seems like Kyle's always trying to measure up to being a hero. It was fine for that three-issue hero's quest, but since Hal Jordan's death, it's on overdrive. And recently, the ghost of Hal never seems to let this book stand on its own two legs. It's annoying that now Hal is dead, Kyle constantly whines, Hal's Jordan was the best, and I can only hope to be as good as him. It seems kind of weird that Kyle's so weepy-eyed toward a guy who, a, he hardly knew, b, tried to kill him many times, and c, attempted to remake reality. The current storyline is a rehash of previous ones where the villain. Fa- the current storyline is a rehash of a previous one where the villain Fatality crashes in on the often-used "I'm out to get the old Green Lantern core and your next" gimmick that was last used in Green Lantern number 74 with Darkseid's son Graven. It's an interesting idea, especially since. Kyle is the only GL anyone can pick on now, but should be presented differently somehow. The buzz. Fans are comfortable with Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern. Daryl Banks is going to share penciling duties with Jeff Johnson in 97, which will reinforce the already good art. The skinny Green Lantern is consistently entertaining read with a very likable character and a solid superhero action done in the way that you can identify with as a reader. So as you'll recall, their rating system is 1 through 6 and Green Lantern gets a 5. So that is their verdict on Green Lantern. Now, the next one here is another that they have been singing the praises of for a while, so I feel like I know where this is going, but let's find out what they say about untold tales of Spider-Man, one of today's best spun comics. Oh, that gives a little bit away. What you need to know. These all-new retro stories take place between early issues of Amazing Spider-Man. High school student Peter Parker is bitten by a radioactive spider, gains incredible spider-like powers, and becomes the costume crime fighter Spider-Man. The good, this is Spider-Man, man at his best. A hard luck hero who never wins. Peter saves the day as Spidey countless times, but he still scrapes money to help Aunt May pay the rent, has girlfriend problems, and is picked on by school bullies. Kurt Busiek is on target with characterization. Good examples are Betty Brant as the tortured soul in issue number 11, and J. Jonah Jameson fighting for Daily Bugle ownership in number 15. You view these characters as real people with real problems. Even the new supporting characters, like the tragic Sally Averill, fit in. Newcomers will like untold tales stories begin and end within each issue and story flashbacks are common also there's an origin box at the top of the first page cluing in everyone on who spider-man is Busiek has certainly done his homework for spidey history freaks he's established a very strong continuity in the book a newspaper headline in the background of issue 15 states daredevil captures electro which actually happened in an issue of daredevil the same time the story took place reminding you that spider-man existed alongside the rest of the marvel universe during his early days the bad even though the homework is done on this book, it is forgotten that most readers haven't. When pointing out storylines that have happened in past issues of Amazing Spider-Man, like the flashback of Spidey getting unmasked by Doc Ock in Untold Tales number 15, which happened in Amazing number 12, an editor's note stating the exact issue is necessary, otherwise readers might feel left out. It would also be nice to see continuity note at the beginning of each issue telling you where each issue of Untold Tales fits in with the early Amazing Spider-Man issues. And finally, the book is ultimately flawed in concept because you know nothing of huge consequences to Spider-Man can ever happen. You'll lose some excitement when you know Spidey will go practically unscathed through every adventure. The buzz? Unfortunately, there's not enough buzz on this book. The fact that this awesome book starring Marvel's flagship character barely crawls into the top 100 each month baffles us. If you're a Spider-Man fan, you will love this comic. There should be more comics on the racks like Untold Tales, with clear storytelling, excellent characterization, and great dialogue. You really care about Spidey, and that ultimately overrides the fact that you know he's going to live at the end of every story. So the verdict here, not surprisingly, also a 5. So they decided to cover two books they really cared about this time around and that does it for this edition of Wizards Half. want to thank you so much for joining me just to give you a heads up on what is to come on the horizon here. So the next release will be our Jim Lee tribute Zoom event both on YouTube and in our podcast feed so you can hear all of that fun as part of that as well as a bonus on our YouTube channel. I'm going to be opening up a couple packs of Wildstorm stickers. Uh, Of course, after that, we'll be coming back with our episode 68, which we will cover that issue of the magazine. And then uh, going forward, I just want to say that there's a lot of fun stuff coming out on Patreon. Remember, for five bucks a month, you are getting uncut and early release episodes up to two weeks early, right after we record them. We try to put them up there for everybody to enjoy. You're also getting scans of issues, sometimes full, sometimes partial scans depends on how much we can get done before we have to record the episode but people are really excited especially those who got rid of their wizard magazines now they want to be able to flip through them so we have that coming your way as well as just like that inside track on what is to come you're gonna see a lot of things especially when we're joining the archives before anybody else it's a fun community over there it continues to grow but thanks to all of you who are listening are you rating reviewing and subscribing everywhere you see wizards the podcast guide to comics I hope are because we want everybody to continue to find us. Of course, we also have a lot of fun things happening on our social media. So if you're still on Twitter, we are there at Wizards Comics on Instagram at Wizards underscore Comics. If there is a preferred social media platform that you feel like a lot of people are moving to and you want to suggest it to us, go ahead and hey, let us know. You can DM us, give us some suggestions. We'd love to connect with you wherever we can. Do you want a Facebook group? What do you think? And of course, we are looking forward to more to come in 2023. So much excitement coming your way. But until next time, keep your books bagged and boarded.